0: Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. We're doing our final reflection at the ION Toronto Conference. So our final question we had for participants is, how did they grow in their understanding of orality? And what is the next steps for them? There's a lot that was shared. And you know what? I'm really encouraged by just hearing about all the collaborative efforts and the different ways in which people are hoping to engage in the gospel narrative and bringing people into God's story. So check these out.
1: We've been asked to think of uh, explaining orality in 10 words or less. Oh, okay. Since I'm more of an oral person, I see a picture of orality. And to me, it's a diamond. And you hold it up to the light, and it's just, it moves, it sparkles. And every time I come to one of these conferences, I learn something more. Okay. So there's a depth to it. And there's many facets but it's pretty much um, communicating the way Jesus did. Yes. And
2: I just leave it at that.
0: Yes. Thank you for sharing.
2: I'm fairly new to this field. I haven't only been in it for about 16 months. Okay. And I would have to say that prior to my entering this world of, of orality, that I had a very... Limited and telescopic understanding of what that word meant. Sure. And I agree with Jane. I've come to appreciate that it's very multifaceted and much deeper and more robust than I ever imagined that it would be. And I think for me, the next step is, since I am so new to it, is to continue to keep exploring and keep plumbing the depths, if you will, of what it is.
0: Great. Awesome.
2: I I agree with the ladies, uh,
3: exactly. When I first came years ago, uh, I had no idea. I mean, I knew basically what orality was, but mm-hmm. it changed my life 180 degrees.
0: Okay. All right. Can can you give a, a, just a quick example of what one of those changes was?
3: It's a whole lifestyle change. Okay. All uh, right. Everything from how I teach and how I speak to the people that I work with, there's such a difference in the way to approach teaching if you're doing it in, a, in an orality method rather than doing it a textual and just a teaching mode. Sure. That's one way.
0: Fantastic.
4: Well, I've been involved in this for a number of years, and I really appreciated this particular conference in understanding and engaging with First Nations. Yes. What that means to them, how we've divided ourselves with the way in which we approach integrating them into God's kingdom, and how we've handled that or mishandled that in the past and how they view things, how they communicate and how it was very interesting, especially with the music. Yes. Really enjoyed that. It was very, very inspiring.
0: Yeah. Storytelling through music. Through music. And, and redeeming.
4: Dance and all. Yes. That
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Redeeming. Yes.
5: Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. Just now around the dinner table, having a conversation about how those in the literate domain, Bible translations, Mm -hmm. uh, translation and Bible societies, distribution ministries, can learn from servants that are working in oral domain, uh, primary oral people, and learn how they can work together. I think she was saying that figuring out a way to work together so it's not on-off, it's not an anti-literacy movement but it's a pro-everyone <laughs> movement. We can learn together yes. how to collaborate and partner and love one another.
3: Sure. We can love the Word of God, and we can love those who don't have access to it yet. Okay. All right. That's a good thought. Yeah. For me, the, the, one of the aha moments was when uh, there was one of the presenters who was talking about stories— um, help people who have emotional barriers yes. to the gospel yeah. to uh, to overcome them and, and particularly for in you know, a western context where everything is cerebral and logical and rational and, and a story isn't that it has some of that in it but that's not it's not where it's coming from and that helps people with these emotional barriers and I was like yes of course but it, also the thing is that the importance of I, I would say even bringing back in oral capacity you know uh, uh, oratory used to be a big thing in education it's kind of fallen by the wayside and it needs to come back in to to ensure that the the you know the literate tradition is complete and and because if it's just literacy and you've lost the oral part you're kind of limping a little bit so uh, i've i've seen that in the discussions that it's it it completes it it makes it more holistic Yeah, yeah absolutely Yeah, I would agree with what Duncan just said. I think really it's finding the way that best communicates to the people you want to communicate with. So if you're trying to do pure literate stuff with someone who doesn't learn that way, you're not going to reach them. And the reverse is also true. So it's knowing your audience and using the methodology that best suits them. Hmm.
2: Just something a little bit different. I was thinking yesterday I heard someone talk about how he was in an elevator and how he could tell a certain part of a story from like four floors up in an elevator and be able to tell a story, a certain part of a story. And I, that made me think about how I need to be able to have the Word of God in story form so that if I'm in a ah. situation… I can actually meet that person and I can talk to their need through a story in the Bible and how if I have those Bi- those Bible stories in my mind, I can be able to do that.
6: Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, guys. For me, it's expanded a lot because I knew nothing before I came. Okay, good. <laughs> so now I know a lot more. And the thing that's exciting to me is an organization that's trying to help bring partnerships together, yes. so that we can work together for the cause of Christ, yes. and the growth of the kingdom.
4: Uh, for me, I, I come with experience in orality. I would call it um, a history of involvement through getting trained, through simply the story, my connection with Jerry Wiles here, sitting next to me, yes, uh, enjoying I work his dinner with networking. Yes. <laughs> But my time here at this particular conference is giving me a view to the expand, not the expanding nature of, of ION uh, and the orality movement, uh, just, I think, a deeper respect for where they're headed. The things that are happening at this conference are showing diverse kind of thinking. The multifaceted nature of orality is being expressed here. Yep. And uh, I am learning from everybody who's coming it's a tremendous place to learn from others what God is doing mm. in the reality movement and those that are just learning about it. So I appreciate you asking.
7: Alright, thank you guys so much. My understanding of orality is uh, I'm seeing it more in uh, a performative sense okay, and less in uh, circumscribed space, uh, but more in what is performed. So it's more embodied in terms of how we need to define it and how we need to you know, understand that.
2: Well, I think through the past year for me personally orality has expanded to include culinary arts, okay. the visual arts, yes. I, all kinds of art. I used to kind of compartmentalize that. Yeah. And it's it's everything. It's it's the, what I see in the trees, uh, under the trees. It it has expanded so much and music becomes not just what I can do on an instrument or what I hear from a voice, but from what you hear all around. It's that's it's deep. my journey of the. Well, I don't know how deep. But <laughs> I that's think it's been quite my deep. Journey of the last. Yes, nine
0: that is really deep. <laughs> yes.
2: I mean, I think I'm seeing orality more relationally
0: and interactively than I did before yeah. coming here. So I think those two things are very important aspects. And I think my conviction going forward is just that I need to, um, as a digit non non digital native, uh, literate reader, <laughs> who reads hundreds of books a year, I have to actually really think hard about how to communicate in a way that's cross-cultural for me into an an oral-slash-digital-slash-visual world.
1: Yes. You know, I've been wrestling with this definition of orality for several years. I'm the North American Arts and Culture Gateway Coordinator. Yes, Great. Uh, and one of the reasons I actually got involved with orality is I believe that churches overlook overlooked the specialists, the God-designed specialists, oral specialists, who are more environmental, more atmospheric, more contextual uh, humans. And those are the imaginative expression specialists. So... I've been wrestling with trying to come up with a a briefer definition of orality, (laughs) even at this particular gathering. I've been working on that, Sure. and uh, this is my progress so far. Orality is the human dynamic of expression, relationship, and community beyond textual literary lecture. And an emphasis on rational intelligence. Hmm. So this broader communal dynamic that involves certainly the oldest form of transferring culture, attitudes, values, and beliefs, which is storytelling. Yeah, I mean it's not just an entertainment genre; it's actually kind of a, a you know a, a hard an external hard drive for culture.
8: Sure. Where.
1: That's how our culture is preserved. And when we really think about it, you know, the Bible, particularly the Hebrew scriptures were given in oral form. And then as uh, Neil Postman says, it was God's idea to put them into a textual, uh, text media. (laughs) For what purpose? For the purpose of actual... context Mm. where it could be picked at for, you know, uh, 4,000 years and and see if it actually stands up. Sure. So I think um, part of my next steps here is to continue to recruit creatives, that is people who are unusually wise Mm. at imaginative design and expression, created that way by God. Actually, that's the biblical definition of the word craftsman. Mm. And uh, to keep trying to recruit them into the kingdom work of the church, both local and missional uh, or global in in our missional thing. So uh, that's been something that's even, you know, this orality is all the human expressions and relationships and communal activity outside of literary, textual, rational expression of reality. Oh, wow.
0: I I feel like I need to think about that for a whole week (laughs) to understand what that is. But thank you guys so much for sharing. And that's after him working to shorten his definition. (laughs) That's (laughs) the shortened (laughs) version already, yes.
2: Well, I did not have a definition for reality. I am completely newbie. Sure. So I wanted a definition, and I found that in the Nuts and Bolts conference. And so, I got a definition, and now uh, my next steps are to go back and work on starting to write a Bible study and produce it.
0: Okay, all right.
2: I don't know that my definition of a reality has changed any, because simply the story is an oral method of doing inductive Bible study. But it just reinforced to me the varied ways that we can use and present God's Word in order to reach people that learn in so many different ways. Sure. To put everybody into a box and say there's only one way to teach the Bible just is not going to reach the heart and minds of people. Mm. So, I love the freedom to Um, use the creativity that God's built into us, but remain true to the Word of God. It's been fun to hear many, many different approaches and to see the giftedness that God has given people and how to reach so many different people that He's created and that desperately need to hear of Him.
6: Sure. All right. Well, I've always had a very simple definition of communicating to preferred oral learners in a way that fits with their learning style. Yeah. And. I think my next steps are to continue emphasizing both the chronological aspects of orality, meaning the big story, the Mm meta-narrative, and I think everybody needs to know how to walk their way through the Bible, creation to Christ, and then plug in the individual stories into that big storyline. Sure. And for me, an approach called Simply the Story has been what I'm hopefully getting even better tools to do well and training trainers, sure. It's one thing to become a good storyteller, and it's then take it to a next level of knowing how to actually empower people that are training other people, which yes. is the Second Timothy two two. Great.
2: I had no idea what a reality was when I came here. I, I know. I know now. It's not going to the dentist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's one of the best answers ever. <laughs>
2: I think that um, children are definitely oral learners. Yes. And I I came hoping to learn how to do story with adults, uh, taking the techniques that I had learned um, with teaching children and then using them with respect to adults, with adults.
0: Yes, great. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it.
8: I learned about the potential the potentiality of the scope of orality mm. uh that it's not just bible storying it's not just storytelling but with a, in a post-textual context where folks are learning via video via audio um even in the developed world there's potential for using those mediums uh to reach folks even here in our backyard yeah for sure i'd say along the same lines we walked into this having just briefly heard about orality this summer and went, okay, we need to do a conference, we need to understand this better. Sure. And all we had been taught was the bible storying side. And this is how you do it with non-believers to help them transition and start applying these discipleship-before-conversion things. And we're going, okay, this doesn't really work in our context because we have kids that have been raised in the church. Mm-hmm. And so seeing some more of the dramatization and some more of the music and dance and all of that that is storying without the words or storying with the words but explanation through all of these things is more I'm an artistic background I grew up acting in different stuff in church Mm -hmm. and just to see that being used with Bible stories not as just a children's play but actually effectively used by professionals to help the experience be extended beyond just reading Scripture. Right,
0: right.
5: I think I'm just absorbing the idea of integrating biblical storytelling with personal storytelling and the authenticity that kind of comes with being able to give a, a personal experience but be able to trace it back to a biblical foundation.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much.
5: I guess the big thing for me is seeing the need for a hybrid approach among... It's not secondary orality, it, it, people who are oral preference learners. Right. right. Which is really mostly where I live. So that part of my understanding of orality has been expanded. Sure. It's an intersection of oral learning techniques, technology, and uh, disciple making movements principles. hmm. Creating some tools and hopefully some movement around that within our organization.
0: Sure, great.
7: I would say it's been expanded by kind of the whole idea of thinking in terms of how people don't understand what orality is. Okay. And how is it that we can do a better job of clarifying in their minds so that they just begin to incorporate a lot of the principles more into their everyday practices in evangelism, discipleship, teaching. Preaching, all those types, because I think it has the application all across the board. We tend to think of it in only one way. But the more we can broaden it by changing a person's definition right from the get go. Because I've been around the ION movement for 14 years now. All right. And so, you know, I've noticed a big difference uh, in terms of a lot of the ministries that have been connected to ION and the sphere of influences that they have there's a big difference between those that have been around for a while and their usage of the term orality is just much more commonly expected. Right. Understood. And uh, as compared to those who are new to orality, and it just takes a while. So just trying to clarify how it is that you can get that definition and get the ideas out there in a broader sense.
5: Okay, great. Well, I haven't seen my definition expanded, but I have the, the problem of having had... Orality introduced to me 20 years ago, right. so I had less that I could learn about what orality is. But it's always fascinating and humbling to see a few more people catch on to the concept. Thankfully, it's 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 really gained ground in the last 20 years, so you don't see too many people scratch their heads and say, "Do you mean dentistry?" Did you mispronounce morality? No, orality sure. Sure. Is, is what we're all here to promote, we're to understand, to humbly honor our audiences. And it's that contextualization, what I like to call a, an invisible language barrier. Hmm. It's easy for me to know that when I go to Tokyo, I better study Japanese, I better understand the local dialects and idioms and, and syntax and everything. But it's another thing to, for me to understand that there's a way of using the language that is very indigenous. And I will be using the right nouns and verbs and adjectives, but I may not actually be communicating well to them Mm. in a way that honors and and respects them. So we can use their language inappropriately unless we see that other invisible language barrier that can also be present in the room. Mm -hmm. And we're always the last ones to notice it. So it's really cool to see some examples now of First Nations yes. tracking with that. And I'm sure other people have been talking about that because we didn't have that 20 years ago. It, 20 years ago, it was really the only people in the room were the people who had been doing ministry in the furthest reaches of the world, and they'd been doing it mostly off of an abstract, literate, lecture-based thing. But for us, you know, now we know that it's we've got to adopt more strategies that are more contextualized because we're not just competing with all the other everybody out there is selling worldviews mm. but you know everybody you know, every pastor you know it's like we need more pastors here to have their aha moment because they're they're competing on sunday morning with netflix and they're mm. about to be you know and, and amazon prime and all these people are binging stories storytellers rule the world it's it's not lectures and abstract reasoning and logic that's going to win the day. It's really we have to we have to get in there and and join the the, the conversation with with good narratives, right? So that people will be transformed. Oh, that's a lot to think about. That's a lot to chew on. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I think I learned uh, how to tell in the Bible story Yeah. Uh, in a more simple way. It's very important for us to do the evangelism in this generation. Mm. So maybe next step, I'm going to learn some how to tell in the Bible story.
4: Yeah, I'm going to do some of this training.
0: Right, okay, yeah. great.
6: Uh, I think
4: I, I met a lot of great people here sure. who want to share gospel and I, I feel that their hearts for the gospel, for sharing gospel, are great yeah. and amazing. And yeah, I'd for like sure. Like to talk to them.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lots to learn from each other.
2: I'm not new to orality, so I haven't learned something new. But um, in the young leaders, I was really just caught by the fact that how globalization has impacted our young leaders. Sure. And thinking through how can I best reach our young leaders as globalization is taking over? And what could that look like for me in getting the narrative into their story and bringing Mm. them into the story? So that's something I'm going to take.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much. All right. You have been listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcasts. Hey, what did you think about today's conversation? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through Facebook, Twitter, email, and Instagram. Connect with us. Let us know your thoughts. If you haven't done so already, please remember to review and to rate and to share this podcast. It really helps us to continue to reach more people with this conversation. And it's been great to see how people have been wrestling with these topics and continually seeing their life and their faith and their own ministries challenged and and encouraged by the conversations we've been having. So once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.